0: What is going on, everybody? My name is Cutter Lawler. Welcome back to another week of Hero or Zero. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again, talking one comic book character, as we do every single week. We talk to good points and their bad points, and we generally give you a bit of a rundown of everything to do with that character. I am joined, as always, by my best pal, Mister Shaw and Shod. How's it going? I'm doing well, best pal. How, how are you? I've given up too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've really
1: lost a run of myself here, folks. Um,
0: so, a lot of people will have already seen from the heading uh, or the title of this episode, this week's a bit different shot. Um, yes. Because just before last week's episode dropped, um, actually, as we were recording it, I think it was like literally two minutes before, um, we found out that Mr. Kevin Conroy, voice of Batman for years and years and years, had passed away. Um, and so I thought it might be nice as just a one-time change-up, and in remembrance of I think possibly the most important bat in my life when it comes to nerd stuff. Um, I felt like fair, Kevin conroy Fair statement. He deserved it. He deserved a hero or zero shot. Just about like the man and his life and what he did. Yeah, I mean, I could do cool. one a on Batman, but I don't think that's going to take it. I mean, you could do one a on Batman, that is just Kevin conroy but. Also, I felt like it was nice to if we just did one on him, because, I mean, he brought so much to so many people that I don't think, well, I certainly don't think we're sitting here doing the show if he doesn't exist. Um,
1: No, because like this, it it was for many people, it was like the first exposure to Batman or comic books or anything like that. Yeah. um, Was Kevin Conroy's Batman. Um, I think we said it on Monday, but like he's probably a very large part of why we are friends at the back of it all.
0: Um, And so why I didn't really want to go fully in on Monday was just talking about because I knew I wanted to do it on this Friday because it was my hero zero perfectly lined up. I was like, okay. We're going to take a change just for one week only because he deserves it. Um, I'm not going to do the whole thing of you can like and subscribe. You can do all that stuff. You know where we all are. Um, but it's, I don't feel like this is the <laughs> vibe that we should no, be throwing no. out. No, but I like how you brought it up anyway. No, no, but you know what I mean. I I'm not <laughs> know, doing any know, of no, that no. weird shit <laughs> <laughs> or the classic general stuff. But so Kevin Connery, Sean, I mean, he's best known for his, his, his historic voice as the batman and i think he's the voice that everyone thinks of when they think of the batman um, would you yeah I,
1: i've heard a lot yeah i've heard a lot of people when they like read a batman comic that that's the voice they hear in their head yeah. that's what they imagine all batman sounds like until yeah. you know an actor portrays him or anything and like so that So
0: i'm going to do a little bit about his backstory but then we will we'll be just i think it's probably just going to be a general discussion about everything yeah, that he brought to the character. Um, I don't know how long this will be. I haven't really worked it out because obviously this is a bit different. We've never done this no. before. Um, so, Mr. Kevin Codray was born on November 30th, 1955, Shod, in Westbury, New York. Um, he was an Irish Catholic, so from a very big Irish ups. family. Uh, big ups to the lads. Um, he moved to Connecticut when he was 11 years old and he had three older siblings. So that's just a little bit of a backstory. But where he know? comes into... I think one of the most interesting aspects of Kevin Coddra is that when he moved to New York City in 1973 he earned a full scholarship to Hen uh the Juilliard Drama Division um, right. and so when he was there he lived with none other than Robin Williams they were roommates in Juilliard. That's
1: insane. Yes. That is wild.
0: Yeah, and not only that, that, but living across the way was Mr. Kelsey Grammer. So the three of them were all in the Fuck. same acting class in Juilliard.
1: That is a good year for acting.
0: <laughs> yeah. The guy who's teaching it is like, yes, I'm fucking yeah. in the
1: jackpot. Then, like, next year, I wonder who who was in it and like shit. what they had to live up to. <laughs> Just
0: terrible.
1: Um, Just all of the Wilson brothers.
0: So, so, so the difference, I think, was that he was living with Robert Williams, but he has come out and said that Robin and him, they were obviously friends, but I think Robin was, like, 23 at this point, and Kevin Conroy was, like, 18. And I think right. he's he's actually said in an interview before that, like, there's a massive difference between a 23-year-old and an 18-year-old in terms of how they're living their lives. Um, Absolutely. And especially,
1: like, when you're, like, in college and the 18-year-old is, like, living on their own for the first time mm. and the 23-year-old is, like, about to finish and, like enter the real world and,
0: so, and, I, and I assume Robin Williams was covered in hair even at that point <laughs> he was a hairy be. man I think he had his eyes already ahead of like I'm gonna make it like
1: yeah
0: like he, saw, he was so talented at that point and um, Kevin Conray has come out and said that like he, he, was, co- he was kind of in his own world he was like constantly just creating things, writing things down, just being like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So they didn't really yeah. like they weren't best friends, but they actually roomed together. They were room best, which is a pretty cool idea. Um, so he graduated from Juilliard in 1978 and then he went on tour with an acting group uh, around the country. And it was like a national tour. Um, so they were kind of just going around and acting in different areas. But in 1980, he kind of found his first love. And that was, he decided to try his hand out in theatre shot. Because Kevin Conroy is a massive theatre fan and he's, like, he was a theatre actor. First and foremost. Uh, before, well before he could do a Batman.
1: Before all the voice stuff came along, mm. it was like Shakespeare and drama and that kind oh, of thing.
0: Oh, like massively into all that stuff. And he appeared in so many plays, so many productions uh, all around the country. Um like from 1980 to 1985 he was in constantly in the theater in all these different Broadway productions. Um and he did King Lear a lot, he did a lot of Shakespeare, but it was just because I mean if you've heard his voice, he's he's like a classically trained Juilliard actor with that voice. He's perfect for any sort of That's- production in the theater. Yeah, like that's
1: the thing with theatre is that like a lot of the time if you're not mic'd, it is all voice control and mm. being able to like project that and have like such minute control over how how your voice sounds and how you how you basically let it out of your mouth.
0: Yeah, and I mean he did also work in television at the time. Um he, he moved out to California and he did land a, a role on a on a soap opera called Another World um but it was really theater was his first love so he was kind of doing the tv work because that paid the most money but like he was doing the theater work because that's what he loved it paid less money but that's what he wanted to do um yeah. he's also come out a lot not a lot of people know this but kevin Connery was actually gay and he has come out during this time and said like what a weird time I was living during the aids e- epidemic during the 80s and 90s um, have, have you read finding batman yeah, so that came out in 2016, um, yeah. and that was such an amazing piece. Now, and I don't think a lot of people knew. I I think he was openly gay, but I don't think he, it, it, nobody ever went into it, which I think is absolutely cool. <laughs> like, yeah, he, it didn't matter. Yeah, he would. No, uh,
1: finally, Batman the comic is like he Kevin Conroy wrote this, and it was about like his struggles being like a gay man in that time, mm. and how it, like he couldn't sometimes he couldn't get like work and gigs and stuff because of it. Um the the entire thing I saw after he passed away um DC it's free now online um you can read the whole thing um if people are interested it's it's a yeah. cool little um
0: and and it's such a good backstory. it's it's such a good little like it's a it's a great story um he appeared in uh, he he was a character in a TV show called Eastern Standard and he was a character living with AIDS in it and he portrayed that in the 80s. And he's come out since and said he went to so many funerals that he felt it was, a, he had a sense of obligation to portray the character in the right way. When the, the role came up, he was like, I have went to too yeah. many funerals. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do it the right way. Um, and so, I mean, that's, that's like all throughout the 80s. And he's also a regular series. He was a re- series regular on O'Hara in 1987. Um, and a show called Tour of Duty from 87 to 88 Sean you haven't heard of them but that's kind of the point we're not knowing him from those shows
1: no that's not what his, his his big break was yeah
0: he's doing all that to he's making ends meet and he has said that when it came around he done done um, the only reason that Kevin Connery had an agent in voice acting or voice over work was because he did ads that is the only reason why he had an agent in voice acting. And so, That's around 1990, his agent comes to him and he says, They're doing Batman. And he says, Bat- I don't want to do Batman. Why would I want to do Batman? His, he, his agent says, It's an animated Batman. He's like, Like Adam West 60s Batman. I'm not doing. A 60s Adam West Batman. Do you know who? Like, I'm a theatre actor. That would ruin my career. Like. <laughs> and he's like, I love Adam West, but I didn't want to be Adam West Batman. Like, why would I want to do that in an animated show? And his agent just said, just go. Sean, Batman the Animated Series is the very, very first uh, voiceover audition Kevin Conroy ever went to for uh, for a show.
1: I mean, talk about nailing it on the first try, though. <laughs> like, uh, but but clearly he made an impression because, like, uh, clearly whatever the casting director was looking for for Batman at that time, this relatively unknown dude just comes in and fucking nails it.
0: Well, what happened was, was Andrea Romano, who was the producer of the show, and possibly she's the linchpin. That ha- the reason why we have any of the animated shows or anime- any of those animated things in the 90s, Batman Beyond, Justice League Unlimited, Mask of the Fan, everything. Andrea mm. Romano ran that. She cast every single person. She cast Mark Hamill. She cast Kevin Conroy. She cast Harris Strong. Everyone there owes their animated career anyway to Andrea Romano taking the chance on them. And Kevin Conroy has come out and said, what happened was his agent, or sorry, Andrea Romano, was friends with somebody that Kevin Conroy knew in New York. Andrea Romano is having a chat with them and she's like, we have auditioned for over 500 people for this Batman role. Me and Bruce Tim are going fucking insane. We cannot find the person that can play Batman. We just can't find the voice. Over 500 people. They've sat down and just listened constantly and the agent uh, or her friend who knew kevin conroy was like there's this new york actor um he's a theater actor he does a lot of shakespeare stuff but i think he could be pretty good as as batman and andrea Rano's like who Ke- his name's kevin Conroy. look we'll invite him in we'll see we'll see yeah, how he does we'll give him a shot we'll give him a shot why not we've we've already done 500 other people like who cares so he comes in shot he auditioned for the role of bullock originally um, oh really? Um, yes. Harvey Bullock. Detective Bullock. It was his original audition. But he walks in and it was he he sorry, he originally wanted to audition for Harvey Bullock. And then Andrea Romano hears he could be pretty good as Batman. So she's like, Why don't you audition for Batman as well while you're here? Just, yeah. just You've on got the, off the microphone
1: chance. set up. It's
0: <laughs> Yeah. Um and so he comes in and he does the audition and Andrea Romano has said that like she looks at Bruce Tim and Bruce Timm looked at her and Paul Didi was there as well. And, the, and Eric Ra- Ra- Radonski, he was there. And basically, like, you could see 500 audition stress fall off their face. And they all just looked at each other and they were like, holy shit, that's Batman.
1: Just the, the second they heard it, they were like, no, this is the guy.
0: And what was amazing was Kevin Conroy has come out from the opposite side and he has said he thought he fucked it up. Because he did his performance and everything just went quiet. And he was like, it was the (laughs) most eerily quiet room he'd ever been in. (laughs) And and he was like, did I do everything right?
1: And And they're all looking at each other.
0: (laughs) And Andrea Romano comes in. She's like, you nailed it. Like, you you get the job. And she hired him on the spot. Like, he got the job then and there. Um,
1: That's insane.
0: Isn't that so cool? Um, I mean, and the reason why he feels like he got is because he thinks Batman is a Greek tragedy. And so he was doing Shakespeare and King Lear non-stop and Batman's character is a Greek tragedy. That's where it came across. He's also said that wouldn't happen now.
1: None of that. That no, no, an unknown actor would go in. Yeah, no, none, none of this of that. would yeah. happen to an actor like in the it same happened, situation. Wouldn't yeah. happen today.
0: Yeah, if Kevin Conroy was the same age he was in 1990. And they did the exact same thing. He's not getting the role because they're going to go for star power. They're going to go for what name? What name is going to bring people in? Whereas back then, nobody gave a shit. They were hiring for who was the best for the yeah, role.
1: I- Who suits the character the most, whereas now it's let's get Chris Pratt to be Mario.
0: Like like the fact that like Mark Hamill was the Joker, but Mm -hmm. Mark Hamill being the Joker wasn't really a selling point. It wasn't like Luke Skywalker is the Joker. It was just he's got a cool voice because Tim Curry was the Joker for like the first three episodes. And yeah, yeah. And so he that, filled in, and then they were just. I think they brought Mark Hamill in as like. Um, I think he came in just to do a random voice because he's just a comic book nerd, and he was like, "I, I'll do a fucking voice on a Batman show. I love Batman." And he came in, and they were like, "Holy shit, he could be Joker. <laughs> we could pre- great
1: for Joker.
0: It's just a complete chance." Like, it, it, I just said. Nowadays, Chris Pratt has that locked in. He's Batman.
1: Yeah. Oh Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> uh, the. Oh, what I was say in the in that Finding Batman comic as well, um, there's a thing that Kevin Connor was like, yeah. So I was being asked to play this dude, and they were like, uh, oh, do you think you can do a man with like 30 years of pain and anguish inside him who's living a double life? And he was like, that, yeah, absolutely, I can.
0: <laughs> that, uh, yes, yes, that is me. Um, like the moment that um, Andrea Romano says when he came back into the booth, when they called him back in. The first thing that stood out was he asked three really deep, intelligent questions that nobody else had asked, and then when he started talking. They were like, "Fuck, he's Batman. That's Bruce Wayne." But also, what he bring he what he brought to the character was something that had never been done before. Was he had two different voices, two completely distinct voices, really? for Bruce no one Wayne else and had Batman? Done that. Uh, nobody in uh, nobody in animation or anything. Nobody in that
1: casting call had done it.
0: No, he was, he came up with the idea and he came to them and he said, and the reason why he did that was the way he looks at, and I think a lot of people do, is Batman's the real person. So Batman is not the disguise. He is actually Bruce Wayne.
1: Yeah, Um, Bruce Wayne is the cover for Batman so that Batman can do his things that he needs to do. And
0: so when Kevin Cuddery thought of that, he came to Andrea Romano and he's like, we're doing an animated show. I can't do the Batman voice when Bruce Wayne's just walking around as regular Bruce Wayne. And one of my favourite uh, moments in one of the episodes is where it's with Man-Bat and it's Bruce is full Batman gear. He gets out of the car and he talks to Alfred, the Batman voice. And then he gets a call from Dr. Langstrom and he picks it up and he, he's like, but Alfred says there's a call for Bruce Wayne and he picks it up and his voice completely changes. And it turns yeah. into, like, happy, jovial, light-hearted Bruce Wayne, but he's still in the Batman costume. And it was only then I realised how weird it was to hear that voice coming out of that guy.
1: That's mad how you don't notice it until it's a thing. Like, yeah. un- like your, your, your brain just takes it for granted that, okay, that's Bruce Wayne and that's Batman. And then when they blend together... It's like, no, 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 this shouldn't happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so weird when they mix them. Like, have you seen Bruce Wayne just dressed in normal Bruce Wayne, but with, like, Batman voice? It's like the same vice versa. It's really weird. But it the, that's how he best looked at. He was like, Batman is him, so Bruce Wayne, he's going to play it up. He's going to be extra silly. He's just going to be a goofball. Um, and for the first few episodes, he actually went too far, and they had to bring him back in to re-record it because he was so dub and so like goofy as Bruce. They were like, nobody's going to believe that. You need to yeah. rein it back slightly.
1: He needs to just be a, a, not. He needs to be just more carefree because he's a billionaire.
0: Yeah, um, and <clears throat> because he was going way too far the other way, and they were like. We love the idea of the two voices, but there's like a happy medium. He he's got to be yeah. like slightly serious as Bruce Wade as well.
1: Yeah, it's not full idiot and then serious Batman. Yeah, It's, like there's somewhere in the in, in the middle, as you say, where they mix.
0: Um, and so like Kevin Cadre, the Batman the animated series, he, I mean he carried that for years and years and years not only has he done the animated series just to give you an idea of all the things that he has been Batman in um for example he's got the animated series Batman Beyond which i think is some of his best work ever um is in Batman Beyond uh Justice League Justice League Unlimited Mask of the Phantasm all the direct-to-DVD uh, movies, so Batman and Mr. Freeze, Batman Beyond Returned the Joker, Mr. the Batwoman, and he's, ge- he's voiced them in hundreds of guest appearances in the DCEAU as well. I mean, yeah. everything. Every- and all the, the games. Arkham games as well, he fucking kills it. All the course. Arkham games. He has, he has been basically Batman since 1991, constantly.
1: Yeah, and he like for like he, he's never had a miss either with a Batman no. role. He's always just been like you your brain just accepts it as it like, no that's that's Batman, that's what Batman sounds. And like. him
0: and Mark Hamill have such a cool relationship in that Mark Hamill has confessed that like he doesn't actually read any scripts anymore if they send it to him. What he used to do was he would just ask, Is Kevin doing it? And they would say yes or no. And if they said no, he's like, ah, I don't want to do it. But if they said yes, no, he's like, I don't, okay, I, I, I'll do it. Yeah, cool. If, if Kevin's doing it, he would read the script. I don't need to read it. Like, I'll do it too. And
1: yeah, if Kevin has deemed it to be like, oh, no, this is a fun, good project. I'll do this. Yeah. Mark Hamill is also on board.
0: They're, like the, they're just the yin and yang. They're And they work so well in the animated series because unlike hundreds of other things we see now, all the actors are in the boot together. In the animated series. Yeah. So, Marek Hamill and Kevin Connor are looking at each other while they're actually being Joker and Batman. So, you get to react way more with what, you, what you're seeing.
1: That's great. That's such a... Like, for performance, that's such a more natural way of doing it. Mm. Uh, and again, it's something that doesn't happen that much anymore because these big massive stars and they all have 40 movies going on all at once and on different schedules and,
0: and i mean you have the massive symphony like the full orchestra going on in the background as well and like it's just them talking to each other like it's it, he said it was an absolute dream to even get that gig it turned from a job to basically his life like yeah like
1: he, a passion like. like
0: he went for one job he didn't have a clue who anybody was other than adam west's batman that was his only contact with the character. And it went from that to he became Batman and to the point of he's just like that's his life that's that is his whole being now,
1: yeah, like he and he would go to he he would interact with the character and the 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 fans are of the character like he would go to the comic cons and he would oh yeah do like he 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 had a cameo account where you could get him to be like send your friends messages from Batman
0: where he would shout like I am the knight, I am vengeance I am Batman yeah. um, I have two great stories of fan accounts, uh, the first one is that actually after the September 11th uh, the 9-11 attacks um, he was actually participating in the relief efforts um, to cook for police officers and the firefighters so he was just in the kitchen cooking and he's actually yeah. said that one of the guys is working there and he's just like what do you do for a day job and um, Kevin Connors kind of go, oh, I'm actually an actor. And he goes, I fucking knew it. You're Batman. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm Batman. And he was like, the guys are not going to believe this. So the guy runs back out to the police, and the fire guy, firefighter. He's like, you know who's cooking your fucking food is Batman. And all the guys obviously are like, no, fuck it. Fuck off. There's fuck no off. way Batman <laughs> is cooking our food. And then Kevin said he stayed in the kitchen. And so then he's like, they were like, prove it. And so then, of course, he gets to shout, I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman (laughs) through the door. And they're like, holy fucking shit, it is Batman cooking our food. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And another story I have was possibly the most heart-wrenching story I could find was he was at a Comic-Con once and a deaf fan came up and he had an interpreter there with him. And he he said, you've had such like an impact on my life um, and I'd love a hug. And Kevin cuty remember thinking remembers thinking to himself like but how does how does a voice actor in an animated show have an impact on, on a person like on, on, on a, a deaf person's person. life like have have such an impact that you would come to the comic con and see us it. like it, you might love Batman, but like you wouldn't know that was my voice and it was only later that he found out he got a letter from the kid and he found out that he wasn't always deaf that Fuck. he was he'd actually lost his hearing growing up and so when he was young he watched Batman nonstop. and so when his hearing started going he said the first thing he always told was Batman saying never give up never give up gotta keep going gotta keep moving Fucking and that's what kept hell. him strong on those days that he wanted to give up that he could hear himself losing his hearing it's
1: not fair that you just told that story that that's
0: is true f- isn't that amazing oh my god yeah
1: that's, like, that, but that's like that's the dream like for an actor or a creative person that's the dream is yeah. to affect one person like that surely
0: and i just like i there's hundreds of stories like that the hundreds of thousands that i could have picked up and um, and but that's like one of my favorites because it's like the idea that somebody's losing their hearing but all the the only last thing they heard was batman saying never give up you gotta keep going you gotta keep moving and um, there's always another night which is what Babbitt always says. Um, yeah. Ke- Kevin Conroy's big thing for the character, from my point of view anyway, is he humanizes the character. He's the first person, I think, that came along that actually made him three-dimensional. Um, I don't think yeah. Tim Burton did. I don't think Adam West does. I think he's the first person that came along and was like, this character has like 50 layers and he's a human at the end of the day like you see him cry you see him sad you see him happy you that, see him everything that scene
1: in Mask of the Phantasm where he's at his parents yes. grave and Ke- he's like I never counted on being happy
0: Kevin Connor has come out and said that's his favourite scene ever yeah in it's a- the best Batman scene because <laughs> he's like I, I need you to forgive me because I never counted on being happy so I need to give up being Batman and it's like this dreadful moment where he's just like he's distraught with guilt that he's like i never expected that i i he feels bad he feels ashamed and like he's let
1: down his parents memory yeah. because he's happy
0: and and there's like, nobody else i don't think there's anybody else that could have done that performance better than kevin conroy does at that moment like we've reviewed mask of the phantasm he's it's so fucking amazing um his other favorite scenes or episodes that he he has come out and said were perchance to dream which is a great one. Um, that's mm-hmm. when uh, Bruce Wayne wakes up in a world where Batman doesn't exist. Batman doesn't exist. He does, he's not Batman. Yes. Um, yeah. and he, he's married to Selina Kyle and his parents are still alive and everything's absolutely perfect. And it's only, and he's like, there's a moment in it where he's like, this isn't right. This isn't right. And then there's, you can see it, him in a moment being like kind of wanting to stay there to be like, this is, you know what? This is kind of a better life. I'd love, like, th- my I parents could, are I like, could,
1: I could do this. Like, I could I do could this. Just say. Sorry,
0: Batman does exist, but somebody else is Batman, so he doesn't oh, have okay. to deal with it. Like, just because even the even the people in Gotham are like, oh my god, look at Batman, and he's like swinging, and Bruce is looking at him, going, wait. So I just, I'm Batman. I just get to live my life, like, and somebody else yes. will solve the crime. So the, posi-
1: the positive impacts of Batman are still there. Like yeah. it's not even that you have to give up Batman. Just Bruce Wayne gets everything he wants, is and that your parents are still
0: alive, and Selina Kyle is his wife. Um, and there's the moment where he tries to read the newspaper, and all the words don't make any sense because. Yeah. and that's when he realizes it's a dream because it's it's all gibberish, and he finds out the Mad Hatter has drugged him to basically live out his best life. And it's only at the end when Bruce Wayne is about to kill himself, like he's going to throw himself off a bell tower to be like, "I'm going to reset." If I just throw myself off the bell tower, the dream will end. And the Mad Hatter has this great line where he's just like, I gave you everything you wanted. Why do you want to leave here? Like, we could have committed all the crimes in the real world. You could have stayed here forever. It wouldn't yeah. have been an issue. Um, but Bruce is like, no, can't have that. Gotta keep going on with the mission. I cannot just have it that easy. Um, <laughs> and uh, the other favorite scene is the scene in Justice League with uh, Ace which on the swing, which is, if oh, anyone hasn't yeah. seen that, is the, the, the Royal Flush Gang are attacking the city. And Ace is their, like, she's their psychic um, sister. And she's just born in a lab and they fucking grew her up to be this, like, psychic fucking monster. Um, and you realise that she's dying and she's causing all this havoc and she's created this whole new world. We're like, she's in the middle of the sea, And Amanda Waller's like, we're going to blow her up. Like, Bruce, we need you to kill her because she's going to cause nothing but havoc. And Bruce is like, let me go talk to her. So Bruce as a human walks in to this place that nobody else wants to go to. Superman doesn't want to go in near it. Um, yeah. And Bruce he goes walks to a really swing just,
1: set, isn't it? What? He, he goes to meet her at the swing yeah. set.
0: and he, And he just sits down beside her. And she can obviously read his mind. So she's like, they sent you here to kill me, didn't they? And he's like, yeah. And then she reads his mind. And she goes, you're not going to kill me. He's like, no, I'm not. I just want to know what's going on. Like, are you okay? Like, what's happening? And she's like, I'm going to die soon. He's like, yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, you and are. then there's this really humanizing moment where she's just like, will you just, will you just stay with me until the end? And he says, Yeah. I will. And they just sit down and they just, I think they sit on the swings together and he holds her hand until she passes away because everybody else was just trying to attack her. Yeah, Whereas he's, Batman's the only one smart enough to figure out, no, we're not going to do it by attacking her.
1: Yeah, she just needs someone to be fucking kind to her before she yeah. dies. Yeah. Like
0: this child who had nothing. Um, I mean, that is, I, I don't know really what else to cover in terms of Kevin Cutter. I think he's, as I said, one of the most important people Probably in my life, <laughs> so Fair. I was very, very sad when he passed away. Um, Sean, I I know you probably didn't watch as much of the animated series as me, but I mean, you could you've played Arkham, you, you know the gist. I've, I've played Arkham.
1: I did like I did watch the animated series back in the day. It's not something I've revisited, um, you know, aside from the the stuff we do on the Patreon and stuff like that. But like, just in terms of, um, like universal, like nerd culture and nerd speak. Like Kevin Conroy was just always this constant that everyone knew and everyone mm. was like, No, that's that's Batman. Like he nailed it. There'll never be another as good.
0: No. Um, I think everyone I, I the first person I thought of actually when I see he passed away was Mark Hamill. And I was like, yeah. what what's Mark could have say? <laughs> like they're like the one two. Like you can't have one without the other. So I they're they're I don't know. It's just it's weird to think that one of them's there and one of them isn't. So Every animated Batman thing from now on will forever be known as whoever follows like you're not going to be Kevin Connery like you can't do that. So you're just going to have to try and do your own thing because everyone's got to think of Kevin Connery whenever they see an animated yeah. Batman thing.
1: Yeah, like it's not about repla- like replacing him and imitating him. It's like making it your own like he did.
0: Yeah, Um, he passed away November 10th, so at the age of 66. And he also didn't publicly disclose that he was even ill. So, I mean, uh, you found out later that it was actually uh, cancer that he he died of. Um, But, I mean, Jesus, just uh, an amazing man. And couldn't thank him enough for everything that he did.
1: Yeah, no, it's a a, a tough loss. He will be missed. Um, But like I suppose just I don't, I don't know how to end this
0: I'll yeah it's weird it's, it's weird I don't but I felt like we had to do a hero zero because he was such a great man that he no he yeah it'd be it.
1: weird it'd be weird to not talk about mm-hmm. it and and to give him more you know the time it deserves as well
0: and if anyone else has any like moments or like things that they think of when they think of Kevin Cudwright like send them into the Facebook group or on Twitter or on Instagram like just send them in your your thoughts on it because I know like everybody has their own emotional connection to the show and to him, so like it'd be really nice to hear other people's thoughts as well. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. And like, like you, your favorite moment might be, you know, someone else might have never seen that, and it might add yeah. to, you know, people discover things, great things that they might have missed up till now.
0: Yeah, um, Sean, I think you can take us out. So I think I think we we did it
1: okay well thanks everyone for listening to this little memorial tribute episode of hero or zero Um we'll be back next week with movie mondays we are news wednesdays and um we'll do a marvel hero or zero next friday follow this um <laughs> oh, geez, it's a tough one might do the orb again uh, <laughs> so look all of the socials and all the patrons and all the merch stores they're all linked below um and like the best way to ever help out to show us to tell one human being that we exist just a one please
0: I think that's about it Conor I think so so I've been colouring all of I've been Sean you. and we shall see you all next week bye bye, bye.